welcome back to the Over Manga Cast. My name is Sam. Uh, normally, this is the part of the episode where we talk about what we read, but we're uh, not reading anything in specific. We're uh, doing a discussion episode, a rare one, where we have everybody here. This usually doesn't happen, but uh, today we are coming together for a discussion of uh, one of the most uh, well-trodden aspects of uh, anime and manga, the eponymous power system. Uh, specifically in uh, Shonen series. And uh, we're going to start off with a little bit of definition, uh, you know, discussing uh, the broad concept, and then we'll move on to talking about some of our favorite examples. Uh, sounds good with everyone? Indeed. Yeah. Yes. Uh yeah, because I mean, I think I think one thing that's worth noting is something that's sort of inherent to power systems is there'll there'll be cases where uh, a series will claim this isn't magic, and then just do magic. Yeah, I <laughs> something like Demon Slayer's power system. It's like technically it's not magic, but it, well, actually anything that involves Charles Atlas superpowers. Um, uh, since we're talking about definitions, Charles Atlas superpowers is a pretty common way of, uh, particularly in Japan, weirdly enough, is a pretty common way of um, using a power system where basically the idea is there is a hard limit to how much uh, how much strength a person can gain, no matter how hard they train to improve their body. Those don't exist now. There's your power system. <laughs> so, yeah. named, so named after the famous con man, Charles Atlas who was a dude who just went around going like, yeah, no, I'm totally super buff and can perform these outrageous feats of strength while not doing steroids, totally not, also not faking tests. From, because <laughs> I was about to ask you guys who the heck Charles Atlas was yep. before I Googled it. He was like a 1930s era strongman who was oh, like okay. the, the peak physique, which actually, if you look at pictures of him, he is not even close to what a bodybuilder looks like today. But like... Back then, he was claiming, yeah, no, you just got to do my exercises every morning, can bend steel. Or, if you breathe the right way, you can summon tidal waves. <laughs> so, Demon Slayer. <laughs> so, the, the big thing with Demon Slayer, as far as we have read it, none of the sword moves have done anything magic. They've mm -hmm. done outrageous feats of strength, but I'm pretty sure every single time, other than the demon fire, which... I think was just coincidental. It's been a metaphor for how the sword technique works. Right. Yeah. There hasn't there hasn't been the kind of exalted thing where like you swing a sword and you cut away somebody's like familial connection to their mother or whatever. Like Yamcha doesn't actually summon a wolf when he punches someone, but like that's yeah. a metaphor and they draw it out like uh Prince of Tennis is famous for this oh, nonsense yeah. where it's like <laughs> ah yes i my serve is as powerful as a meteor coming and killing the dinosaurs these guys don't have superpowers they're just drawing something cool mm -hmm. yeah yeah that is actually a sort of interesting distinction where you'll get like when the sports manga stuff does the uh charles atlas superpowers thing um, generally speaking it, uh even the superhuman feats will be metaphors whereas you get something like say dragon ball or any kind of like actual like physical fight shonen in those cases you know like people will be literally jumping 80 feet in the air <laughs> different uh wacky things like that so i suppose this actually brings us to our first kind of sticking point how do we define 
power system? Does it have to be some sort of like external force beyond the raw physicality of a person punching another person? Does it have to be just a person punching another person, but like really super duper hard? I would say you need some kind of external force on top of just your muscles are real good and big. Mm -hmm. Demon Slayer is really unique in how tightly it treads the line of is this magic or not? Their breathing techniques do do weird magic things. So I would say that in itself is a power system, but like, at what point is that just a martial art? Well, to me personally, the the place where I tend to draw the line is, could a real person actually do this? Mostly because that leaves the category sufficiently broad. Because like, if you say it has to be something overtly in-universe supernatural, not just an, an exaggerated version of something real, then strictly speaking, whilst there is magic in Dragon Ball, the main characters don't have uh, have a power system in that case. Yeah, but they're using their chi. Like, no one's mm-hmm. saying your muscles are naturally that strong. You have, like, chi empowered. Like, humans' entire thing is they've learned how to increase their chi. But, like, that's that's based off of a real concept in martial arts, just hyper-exaggerated to a absurd extreme. I mean, yeah, chi's real, I guess. But, like, not not the way they're using it. it. You can't concentrate it into a ball in your hand and throw it. Like yeah. it's the it's the throwing part that that separates it from reality. But, like, one of the things that I often think of is um the um the idea of Kya, which is uh, if you've ever seen Dragon Ball characters just put their hand forward and create a shockwave. Like, obviously, you can't do that in real life, but there are like manuals from the past that sort of like, they imply you can actually do that. <laughs> and it's one of those ones where if it's not if it's not a real life thing, that's kind of where um, like uh, the thing about the sword breathing is it allows for a supernatural level of precision, mm-hmm. you know, because like say what you will about the water not being there. But the um, the water breathing styles do allow you to hit with a level of precision that a machine probably couldn't be able to do. Mm-hmm. And to me. That qualifies as a power system because no real person could ever do it. So the second part, though, that's definitely a cool anime power. A power system, there needs to be like a level of granularity there that you can actually talk about. Right. That's the system part of it. Whereas like, I I think this is where Dragon Ball really falls flat on a lot of things is it's clear Akira Toriyama had no interest in explaining how any of these powers work. Yeah. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's not a power system. So... Nothing wrong with that either, though. That makes cool action set pieces. It's just, you can't really talk about, like, oh, how would I do these Dragon Ball techniques? I'm like, I I don't think the creator knows, so however you want, I guess. Like, eh. Yeah, I think... (laughs) If I could. (laughs) Um... I think to a large extent that sort of uh, uh, that sort of delineation is uh, similar to the idea of hard magic and soft magic. Where... I was just about to say this yeah. th- that bring that brings up everyone's favorite uh, topic for fantasy writing discussions. Can you tell this <laughs> makes me very tired? <laughs> um, if I could, I wanted to kind of touch on power systems more as like within just generally within the the nebulous like what they mean to shonen in general i Mm. think um power systems are there to narratively engage the reader to essentially aspire i mean part of shonen is supposed to be about growth and attainment and that kind of goes hand in hand with any type of you know measurable or supernatural system of where there are marked um 
marked measures yeah. of attainment. Yeah. And so that's part of the reason why I feel that for myself, like I was kind of drawn to Shonen and particularly the power system like aspect of it is just kind of, I'm not that big in the weeds as you can probably tell as Jacob and Matthew, but um, <laughs> I just wanted to say that for power systems, I think it doesn't necessarily have to be numerical. I mean, for people who are more uh, academic, uh, not academic, mathematically inclined, perhaps that's something really interesting to compare, but I was thinking more along the lines of even... Um, some of the more like spiritual powers or those who seem to be more nature-based as opposed to anything that I know that um, for drawing upon like uh, like Dragon Ball Z that was mentioned, Yu Hakusho and even other series that are probably out there where there is some kind of numerical measurement, like you're able to have a scanner or somewhat and be able to measure how much energy this particular individual holds. And that is a way to categorize their, their growth. Power levels are both. <laughs> well, well, we'll get to that in the specifics. Yeah, whereas there are other like measurements where you're able to attain some level of skill, like um, for instance, Naruto, you're able to perform this jutsu or perform this this level of I don't want to say energy output or yeah, but yeah, you're you're able to uh, attain this skill. I think I think the the thing relative to that is that the the system and the power system creates clearly delineated markers of growth that feed into that idea, which is interesting to think about because you know shonen by definition it, all genres are inherently nebulous in just marketing terms but genre but uh, shonen as a genre is uh, supposed to be directed towards you know boys young men that sort uh, that demographic. And that's the age range where you're in school and you have the clearly delineated levels of growth of just advancing in grade. And so that's an interesting parallel of being able to, you, like you're in an environment where there are clear markers of growth and advancement in your life. So that probably makes the uh, clear delineated markers of advancement in the fiction you consume feel more true to life yeah and um i think also a level of that is uh for that time period like the levels of aspiration when you're in that stage of your life is also mm -hmm. something like one of the things that i've always like i've Junior always <laughs> um one of the things that i've always uh I i've always sort of chafed against shonen being uh, referring to um, an age demographic for a specific reason, and it's that Pokemon and Chainsaw Man are aimed at the same demographics. But I do think that the reason why... That's why I say genres are bullshit. Right, but I do I, I do think that you touched on a, a really important point in that an inherent element to a lot of shonens is their power systems, and that is something that's tied into a level of adolescence that... Like, that's the reason why it's generally steered towards that direction. Well, it's the same thing you see, like, in Western media, too. Like, the young adult section is tons of stuff about, like, hey, you're going through a time of change in your life. So I know, like, it sucks right now, but wouldn't it be cool if you were a wizard and you got whisked away to magic school or if you, like... <laughs> Or what if the change in your life was you turned into a vampire? I mean, that could be described as, like, becoming a teenager, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Feels but like what that. if you were a werewolf? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, time of transition, lots of raging emotions, and urge to, like, destroy things. Yeah, teenagers, werewolves, basically the same thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
so <laughs> it's sort of funny that I've never really thought about it, but it is sort of uh, it is sort of interesting to think that um, uh, the sort of inherent nature of because like you know like the inherent nature of shonen inclines it towards a generally speaking adolescent audience but also you know those ideas of like aspiration having clearly delineated marked points for growth i think shonen as a shonen genre specifically not marketing term when it's directed at an older audience i think there there is something to be said about the idea that um like having uh clearly marked delineations of of growth and moving forward is at least for me something i kind of you know miss from not being in school and that's mm -hmm. sort of where that uh comes from uh power systems exist specifically to serve a purpose within the story um there are two things that a power system can do because like nuts and bolts and i think a lot of bad power systems come out of this place if you just want to have a cool fight scene, you can just have characters do whatever they want. Exactly. Um, Look at our previous discussions on Golden Kamui. That doesn't have a power system the way we've defined it, but it's still people doing cool in an action context. That's the, that's the rare case where despite not having a power system, it actually ends up working just because that's the tone of that uh, series. That it kind of does have a nebulous power system, not necessarily because the, each of the... Um, male character seems to have come from a different rung of life, have entered the military or some kind of crime, entered some kind of crime syndicate, and from that has gained some kind of skill and or expertise in a particular area. So what uh, you're saying is crime gives you power. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, there, there's not a cohesive system about it. That's like the entire, they have powers, like it's shonen. Yeah. Everyone has powers in shonen. What is a surface power? <laughs> I think the standard. I, I think the standard. I think the standard uh, superpower in any shonen series is always going to be absurd durability because people can absorb a lot of punishment in any shonen series. Whether you're talking about the <laughs> yes, genre or if the. We were actually genre. taking a logical approach to any shonen series. We're like, how are you not dead? Yeah. Yeah. How you not to like Home Alone? The kid would have been dead within five minutes. <laughs> How one have you not bled out 20 minutes ago? Uh, one of my friends who listens to this show, hi, John, has said that uh, in My Hero Academia, there must be some sort of universal unknown quirk of extreme durability. Oh, yeah, yeah. and that's, that's something that applies to most series, uh, uh, except for uh, Demon Slayer, where they're all uh, super vulnerable, except for Inosuke, who has the power to move his organs. <laughs> Inosuke is just bullshit, and I love it. Yeah. because sometimes you just want a cool thing to happen yeah and so you do the cool thing uh what i what i had been starting to get at is that the the point of a power system is is it operates on uh one or both of these two ideas it can be used either as a metaphor for the point the story is trying to convey because i think at some level um any story that has heart and soul has something to say um and you in a lot of cases the power system will be a metaphor for whatever that thing is mm -hmm. and then the other thing that's important for a power system and actually you know i i bringing up inosuke it's sort of an important factor a power system the consistency of a power system is important even if it's a if it's a soft magic system or something uh of the like because it's hard to follow a fight scene when the rules change halfway through. Like, you know, we joke about it, but like, 
there's pretty much universal derision for Inosuke being able to get up after he was stabbed like that. Like, I, as, I like Demon Slayer. I wanted to read it in the best possible light. I think he just got lucky. But the mm. idea that that's a read and not something that's overtly true about the story is a bit of a problem with that scene. <laughs> so, uh, if we've gotten our uh, generalized discussion out of the way, are we ready to move on to some of our uh, specific favorite examples of various power systems? Absolutely. I do believe so. Mm -hmm. Let's crack this baby open. All right, we will do that after this break. I hate you, Sam. Welcome back to the show, folks. Uh, now we have passed on from the uh, the general discussion, and we're going to get into some specific examples of our uh, favorite uh, shonen power systems, as uh, previously discussed. Uh, so, who wants to kick this off? Uh, I, I guess I can go for the obvious one. No secret, no surprise. My love for Dragon Ball, and one of the reasons I really like it is in part because, and you know, we mentioned that like. It's right on the line of being a system or not a system, but the thing I really like about it is the way it plays into the theming of the story. One of my favorite elements from Dragon Ball is the Kaioken, because it does such a good job of that sort of like determination and willingness to push yourself being rewarded with, you know, the power to overcome, you know, a mountain too tall for, that should otherwise be too tall for you. Um, that's something that runs deeply through, uh, the uh, power level stuff with Dragon Ball. And there is one thing I want to point out, uh, cause the power levels are <laughs> joke is such a common thing. I do, I, I, I do want to point out giving them numbers that are basically bullshit was kind of the point. The bad guys were, li were relying on a numerical value for power, which was inadequate because, you know, inner strength and the ability to overcome impossible odds is something you can't put a numerical value on. That was done on purpose. But yeah, I, it's it's a really simple system because it it has a lot to do with like how willing the character is to push through something. Um, but it it creates a like satisfying marker for growth. Goku versus Vegeta fight is an excellent example of that of Goku. It's like he should only be able to handle the times two Kaioken, but it's not enough. So he pushes to times three and it starts to uh, uh, damage his body. He has to push to times four uh, when it's uh, raw strength against raw strength and uh, technique isn't a factor. And he's able to do that, but at a cost. It It does a good job of showing you uh how far you've come and how far you have to go uh when mm. it's used deftly yeah and that's uh i i agree with you on really liking the kaioken because i do love a good power system or a good uh like superpower that is uh that adds complications to things i, I it should not be a surprise at this point but i really freaking love exalted and uh i know matt thinks that you can just pour essence into things to win but the point <laughs> i'm not wrong 
you're not yeah. wrong. But the thing is, uh, Exalted is is supposed to be, you know, a game about consequences and uh, uh, utilizing that tremendous power. It suddenly becomes a lot easier to just use the tremendous power for everything and destroy things in the process. Not always necessarily yourself, but uh, things you care about. And so that's why, uh, yeah, I agree with you. The Kaioken is uh, extremely hardcore and is one of the best examples of the key power system in Dragon Ball. Yeah, exacting a cost, I think, is important. Either a cost in training, something like Avatar The Last Airbender is good about that sort of thing, or, like, injuring yourself, like, like basically a cast from hell thing like the Kaioken. Speak, speaking mm -hmm. of, Jacob, how dare you just breeze over when we're talking about cool power systems? You just mentioned offhand Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> One of the best power systems Ooh. of all time top, ever. Top tier, because you get some mm -hmm. really good narrative things about how, like, the different styles of fighting are based around the four elements. Like, there's enough structure to there. You get a bunch of cool, like, middling plays of, like, sandbenders or earthbenders who use airbender techniques because what they're doing is just so loose and free-flowing. Mm -hmm. So I have a question, because I'm not familiar with um, Avatar The Last Airbender. Um... What do they within the world denote as being the source of their power, their energy? Oh, that's uh, a that, that's that a loaded depends. question. <laughs> that is a loaded question. It depends if you count the uh, nonsense retcons from Legend of Korra. There, I said it. I, uh, I know that's not that hot of a hot take. I know there's take, some but... talk of like a spiritual realm and that. Yeah. This is, this is an Avatar of the Last Airbender podcast, but <laughs> there was a giant lion turtle that gave people bending energy, and then the first Avatar used that. So the turtle or so the tortoise turtle origin story then moved into like energy somehow. No, because they learned how to harness that energy from animals who could also already do it naturally. It's the the backstory is not the important part here. I mean. Basically, people can use their natural energy to manipulate an element, and everyone who can do this uh, is limited to one, except for the Avatar, who can do them all, because he's the coolest, it's, he or she. Korra also makes the weird claim that it's cultural, not genetic, but then has it be genetic? Has it be genetic anyway, because that was a bunch of retcons? Yeah, let's not talk about the bad parts of that uh, series world. It, it world. Fit, the theme, fit the theme a little bit better to make it genetic. Well, it, it is orphans. to a degree in the same way that your culture is passed down from your parents. Like, mm -hmm. So there are no war orphans or mysterious children from other tribes being exchanged? Yeah, funny how that doesn't happen until, again, the retcon, but we're, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Believe it or not, the children's cartoon series doesn't really dive too deep into the nature of selling people after Into the war. nature of war? <laughs> they go pretty deep into the nature of war they just scrub clean some bits because again children's cartoon this was on nickelodeon uh. but yeah uh bending is uh it, it is like the gold standard of power systems because mm -hmm. i i think that's fair to say it it is very chunky but also so easy to understand like mm -hmm. it it's clean it has just the right amount of granularity because, and you know, like I, I was just dumping on Legend of Korra. One thing I really uh, uh, liked in at least the first season of Legend of Korra was um, there was the case where um, uh, Korra and Bolin, one of their first interactions is, you know, Bolin uh, was showing her like a different way to earthbend that was less rooted, less based off of Hungar and a little bit more like boxing. And 
you still see the principles of proper earthbending, but it's changed up just enough to put a new twist on it. Mm -hmm. It follows its own rules very, very consistently. And the um, the original series does that really well with some um, fights because what uh, the main plot point there is the people who travel with Aang, like his group of friends, they're learning like all the different cultures of the world they live in. So Katara's waterbending is so radically different than what is like the bog standard taught to you of like moving and flowing. And when she fights a waterbender later on, like she's completely knocked off guard because instead of like free flowing and going with everything, she brunt force just goes straight through wall of ice and then uses it like an earth bending technique to just be like, that's not how water is supposed to move, but, but ice is water. Another, yeah. another really good example of this is, um, they attribute lightning to fire in avatar, the last airbender. And, uh, Lightning mm -hmm. is uh, mostly when because in a lot of cases, lightning is attributed with the sky. Right. Yeah, I would say lightning would have to be earth and earth and air. But it's, uh, it's concentrated energy is the reason. Yeah, that's what I was. Orbit. That's what I was getting at. Is is firebending is representative of life and energy and uh, all of that stuff. So lightning is a pure expression of energy itself. So that's why the firebenders are able to throw lightning and. Uh, a really important element in uh, basically the back half of the series is um, uh, one of the greatest characters of all time, Uncle Iroh, is able <laughs> to develop uh, a way to redirect lightning by mimicking waterbending. Mm -hmm. it, it's one of those ones where it doesn't make him a waterbender. He can't move water with his mind uh, telepathically like a waterbender can. But, uh, you know, he mentions that idea of uh, learning from other uh, learning from other people will make you stronger. And he demonstrates that within the power system by unlocking a completely uh, an ability completely unique to him until he teaches it to Zuko and Zuko later teaches it to Aang. What we're saying is you should go watch Avatar. It's freaking amazing. I don't care if you've seen it before. Go watch it again. An absolute masterclass in using a power system to tell your story. Which actually dovetails into the one I wanted to talk about. I don't know if it's as much of a masterclass as uh, Avatar is, but I can't think of a power system that is more used as a metaphor for the storytelling of the, of the overall series than Spiral Energy from Gurren Lagann. <laughs> Ooh, talking because, about right on the border of being a power system <laughs> exactly exactly that it's that, funny the series about drilling through hard objects has one of the softest power systems yeah it it's so soft it's practically a gas but Sp uh, spiral energy is gasoline you throw on a fire to make explosions <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of what i love about it like i i enjoy weird systems systems that let you do abnormal things like that's why i like stands i was and... gonna say jojo's <laughs> mm -hmm. but spiral energy is it lets you do strange things but it's straightforward because while in the beginning of the series they call it fighting spirit uh it is essentially the idea that um living beings change and grow based on their circumstances what if we could manifest that into raw power output <laughs> and it's used again in an incredible it, i love the way it's juxtaposed with mecha anime 
well, a super robot show. But even in super robot shows, you know, the mechanical aesthetic, it, it lends a level of structuralness to it. So that it isn't just a complete parade of nonsense, which it could easily devolve into otherwise. Because, you know, steel has tensile strength. Wires can only be stretched so far. But in Gurren Logon, it's just, no, screw you. I pour more uh, belief and spiral energy and power into this thing, and I can make a robot the size of half the universe to punch the other robot the size of half the universe. <laughs> you, I believe that it'll happen. And I, it, it's, and it's such an optimistic message, uh, the idea that tomorrow is worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. There's that idea of perseverance again, mm -hmm. of of not giving up and being rewarded for it, is a very, very cathartic feeling that I very mm -hmm. much appreciate in the story. And I love the way that it ends, because one of the big things about the message of Gurren Lagann is the idea that you should strive to go as far as you possibly can, not just for your own benefit, but because the tunnel you dig will make it easier for others to keep up with you and then keep going after you're done. Like, Simone ends his journey by setting someone out by uh, just being this mendicant wanderer, but he's able to watch humanity excel and I, I love that. That's great. It, it is definitely uh, the least systematized of all of the systems out there, but I <laughs> freaking love it. And screw you, it's my show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Matt, Jay, how about you guys? Um, so for clarity's sake, it has to be something that we've covered on the podcast, correct? No. No, we just talked about Gurren Lagan. I was trying to remember if we covered Gurren Lagan. Anyway, regardless. Um, we so should. I'll go. What? We should. Wait. Is there a manga? Yes, there, there is. is. Oh, I hear good. I hear it's not very good, but screw it. I want it's I not like original. I like, the I've... source is the anime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's an adaptation. It's it's mid, but we can cover it at some point. Anyway, please continue, Jay. <laughs> so this was difficult for me, also I'll go with the tried and true. Um so my favorite anime, my favorite manga, my favorite series ever, um, Yu Hakusho, Yu Suzureiki, um, which essentially, as we've discussed, is a type of spiritual energy that um, is divided within um, their spirit energy, and then there's yokai or demonic energy. And essentially, Reiki is the culmination of these two energy sources. Everyone has a bit of a different balance, depending on what you particularly, whatever species you are. Um, this becomes relevant later, obviously, in the series. Reiki um, is divided into, I want to say, there are numerical categories, the highest being obviously S-class, but it goes A, B, C, D, and E levels. Um, e happens to be the most um, prevalent. Most people are, e most yokai are E or D, and I specify yokai because most humans in this universe pretty much have very little or not at all any type of energy source. So the most plentiful in this universe are E and um, D and E. And then C, B, and A level are when you start noticing uh, more humanoid uh, characters, yokai specifically. Um, our, character, our main characters, whether they um, mostly Yusuke, he, and I think Cool Bar start out, um, I think at C level, and then there's um, exponential growth up until they inevitably hit, um, if not upper A class, eventually C class. And to further um, delineate, there's also plus and minus classes in between each of these levels. So um, there are different thresholds, power level thresholds. 
Um, it took me when I was watching this as a young child, I did not even like compute the fact that there were actual like thresholds. I just thought it was like graduation levels. And it's just like, <laughs> and this is really, I'm, this is really bad just because, you know, similarly, I grew up watching DBZ where there was obviously such a huge emphasis on power levels. It translates into, you know, Yu Hakusho, which came along later. Well, the um, problem is Yu yeah. Yu Hakusho actually cares about their power levels. <laughs> they mean something in Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's one of my favorite. Um, obviously, this has continued to be a trope. Um, it's a power system that I guess I enjoy not just for nostalgia, but also because it makes sense because there are thresholds and it is easy to measure. They they play their they play their rankings straight rather than having the having the rankings intentionally subverted. Yes, so that that's my favorite. <laughs> I do also think it's sort of interesting because um, this this is something that I I noticed uh, in my adolescence, uh, but like haven't really had a a, a lot of uh, a venue to like think and talk about it that much. It is sort of interesting that like all the different power systems, because it's like strictly speaking, Avatar technically uses Chi, Dragon Ball uses Chi, uh, but then you have stuff like uh, Cursed Energy from um, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen and Spirit Energy, or uh, uh, and um, Bleach. Uh, no, Spiritual Pressure. Oh, uh, right, right. Which is another one of my favorites. Because <laughs> like a lot of them are they're Chi by another name. <laughs> But I wonder, and that, like, in a perhaps not so ideal world, if they were to face up against each other, how would they exactly, I know there's been discussions about this, go listen to a discussion podcast of how they would measure up, you know, who would beat who? (laughs) Like, if there is a one for one, like, what? We we definitely, we've definitely never argued about this in a previous episode of the Overmind. We've definitely never considered doing a part two of that episode to get further down this rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But sort of the thing I find interesting is that there's a lot of cases where a lot of stuff is very, very directly one-to-one, but then there are other series that iterate upon it. I think one of the most unique energy systems within the power system, I think, has been uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, just because doesn't matter how physically strong or weak you are. It's it's all about mental energy. Technically, JoJo's also falls into this category when you're talking oh, about stands specifically. Yeah, kind of, but also <laughs> not. <laughs> Hamon Hamon is more of a just chi by another name, but stands mm-hmm. are are more about uh, mental and and spiritual strength. Yes. Um, but the problem is, like narratively, stands are much more about like they work by like genie rules where like. I have summoned this entity. This entity has these written, like almost death note levels of here are these written rules. How am I going to play around this? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're you're playing yeah. with a literal un- unmeasurable force. Have at it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of what makes stands interesting because uh, like they have genie rules and the mental power the mental energy comes not just in the strength to manifest your own stand to combat that but your own willingness to put up with this bullshit (laughs) yeah um internal conversations trying to watch jojo's and understand it like logically like most other series is just i I give up it has its own unique logic yeah (laughs) (laughs) it is cloud cuckoo lander logic all the way down We've had some episodes on uh, JoJo's and its uh, logic or lack thereof. 
Actually, yeah. I, I know this is kind of a tangent, but that just kind of reminded me. You know what's a really good power system? The Death Notes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you yeah, know, yeah. it's not something you normally think about just because it's it's so... Death Note's not a punchy shonen. It's, because... Yeah, it's not a punchy shonen, but it is a shonen in, in much the same way. And, and Platinum End does the exact same thing. What they do is very much upfront. They tell you what the power system is, and they tell you the exact rules by how it works. And that creates a puzzle that the characters then have to work through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they that, either have to they have either have to use disadvantages of the rules in a creative way to make it actually advantageous, or bend the rules as far as they can reasonably go. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where the battle is. You get a much more cerebral feeling of like, oh, how am I going to play around this limitation and stuff? And that's that's really where I like um, my power systems to be and where like they create hard and fast rules that people have to work around. Because I, I, I'm not going to say I don't like I just scream harder to like push past my like if the limitation of my power is I'm going to get real messed up and get tired. Yeah, but you just scream like um, Chainsaw Man. Denji's power is literally, I'm going to get more in pain and drink more blood, but also mm-hmm. I can just do whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's very much, don't overexert yourself. But then, like, when you run into things of, like, this power does not work past this line. It doesn't matter how tired you are. It doesn't matter how much preparation you are. This is the rule. Work around that. Mm-hmm. That that just has a different feel, and I like yeah. that a lot better. Yeah, so they're... it's whether or not ment- um, power systems are bound um, strictly within the amount of energy or amount of training, and well, then there's also more mental fortitude mm-hmm. and also just well, like like we mentioned Ill. earlier, it's like hard magic, soft magic. Like that's the entire thing. Is like, is it just there for narrative, or is the point of the story navigating around these rules? Like, are they being placed in as a hurdle? Uh, the term I've heard for that is puzzle box fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, when you get a good puzzle box fight, there's nothing like it. That one is very much the, um, falling into the category of the power system exists to make you understand the fight as opposed to the power system exists as a metaphor for the, the story's mm-hmm. like intentions. And those two blend a lot. And I think that the best stories, uh, very heavily blend them, but mm-hmm. there are some, uh, stories like, um, particularly stands, but also to a lesser extent, Hamon versus vampire powers um jojo's is more in the puzzle box fight category dragon ball is more in the um representing the metaphor category um Mm -hmm. i do think i do think i you know as much as i love dragon ball and prefer dragon ball over jojo's i will say i do think jojo's has the better power system because i think they better blend those two uh those two ideas that the uh power system exists to serve Mm -hmm. um rather than dragon ball which is very much in the metaphor camp Mm mm-hmm yeah. They also so don't have conflicting it. power systems too, because Dragon Ball loves forgetting magic exists there, but will then yeah. bring it up and like yeah. magic's mm-hmm. a separate thing. <laughs> Piccolo, <laughs> why aren't you stretching your arms? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, Matt, I believe you were breaking up those hard and fast rules, so uh, you could talk about Nen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, another um, Yoshihiro Tagashi. He was just like, man, you know how I spent all this time building up a system in Yu Yu Hakusho. And people didn't really gravitate towards it. I'm going to spend an entire arc explaining to you my power system so you understand how cool Nen is. Ooh, and Nen is crunchy, but Nen is crunchy in such a good way because they put forward the crunchy, thing. Because that... I'm thinking like two different things here. Is this bad or good? Good. 
Well, it's it, a it's an opinion. It's like it, crunchy yeah. peanut. It butter. is definitely an opinion. I do not have a high opinion of things that are described as crunchy. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, which is why I ask. Anyway, um, Nen is at its bare level. It's willpower. It's chi. It's generic. It is a. They make this crucial. It is like air coming off your body. Like it is colorless. It is odorless. It is unnoticeable except for a sixth sense, which is the ability to detect Nen that has to be opened in humans. I forget if there are other species in Hunter Hunter. I think there are, but whatever. Um, and from that, you have Nen. But the problem is Nen on its own is worthless. You can do nothing with it. It's meaningless. It is then that you have like six categories of what your body is naturally talented at, of like, uh, like there's enhancers, projectors, cons- uh, conjurers, and it's almost like schools of magic of like what your body naturally can do with Nen. Like some people are really good about just shooting a bunch out. And the problem is that's arrayed in this six-pointed star. And everyone is naturally talented at one. And what that means is you've got a primary Nen attribute, and then you have two secondary, which are bef- the one before and after. And you can make techniques within those three categories and they'll be top tier. Like, obviously, if you're good at shooting things, you should be focused on making blasts of energy. But you can also, like, take that blast and then move it around. That's a whole different thing. And what you get is you get these people who try and be real clever, but then they use completely opposite sides of this thing and they make a technique that's just garbage. And, like, it's so much interplay of, like, I am so clever. I made such a cool technique. Fight me. And then the other person has to figure out how that technique works, unless you've got a technique that is stronger by explaining it to your opponent. (laughs) (laughs) Because you make it more real to them. Because again, this Nen is just energy that most people wouldn't even be that much affected by. Uh, That's not true. People can be affected by Nen techniques. But like, just pure Nen on its own. People like ordinary people? Yeah, yeah. Who are not equipped with Nen? Yeah, and well, some people, like, uh, the, uh, earlier on, there's a character who has got, like, a strong killing intent, is how they describe, like, being around them makes you terrified and, like, weak in the knees. Later on, they explain, oh, no, he's just so powerful, he's constantly vomiting off, like, excess Nen, and that just makes people sick. And if you can't detect what Nen is, you have no idea what's doing this to you. It's mm. like that, like, what do they call it? Your animal brain is just like, this person mm-hmm. is dangerous. But please stay away from that. <laughs> you get these you get these lovely puzzle box fights where you're fighting an opponent who might tell you what their technique is. They might not. And it's like the interplay of what your technique is, how exactly it fits into this niche and like, mm, so nice how how you can how you can bend the rules and how the rules can uh, bend you when you go too far. Yeah. And like, um, there's obviously also caveats that like you can make a a you can offer something that makes technique stronger based on how much it is. There is a character who has um, uh, has made a caveat on his technique that if he uses it against anyone other than like the group of people he's hunting will kill him because he doesn't care. And because he's risked such a high bounty on that, it's made such an incredibly powerful technique. Except literally every Nen instructor who sees this guy goes, why the hell did you do that? That's such a stupid thing. Because the entire point about Nen is that you can be really specific, but that's dumb. You should be versatile. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of the uh, uh, opposite idea of uh, one of the main jokes when it comes to stands of how overly specific each of their powers are. 
And I think this is just gun uh, to demonstrate the absolute miracle it is that Matt and I <laughs> get along so well, considering my favorite system is spiral energy and his is Nen. I would not consider spiral energy a system. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, how, how about we find something we can meet in the middle on? The Devil Fruits in One Piece. Hell yeah! Because they are chunkier than you'd think, but still not, because... Mm-hmm. What a devil fruit is, is it's a power that um, it, it has a you, uh, cost that's the same across the board. You cannot swim. That means more than that in occasion. You're weak to the sea and like eh, th- there's some weird finickiness there that never really matters. But like what you get when a devil fruit is uh, there's Paramecia, there's Logia, and there's um, Zoan. Zoan is you can turn into an animal. That's pretty you get uh, two forms by default, a full animal form and like a werewolf form where you're half human, half that animal. Then there's uh, Logia, which is you have the power of an element. So it's like you have the power of fire. You can turn into fire. That's cool. You can do some cool things with that. Like um, Flame Fist uh, Ace uses his thing to like turn his feet into jets to fly. Although most Logia end up being able to fly. That's meh. Um, then Paramecia is where you get the real chunkiness to it, because you get people who have the properties of objects. They don't become objects, they just have the property of objects. Like and you get like, Luffy. Yeah, like, like uh, Luffy, who can stretch like rubber, is his power. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to go further into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly... The thing that I really like about Devil Fruit is the same reason I like the magic in the Dresden Files so much. Because it is that that fine balance of, like, really chunky, really rules-heavy, but within those, but, like, those categories are fixed, but as categories, they are so broad as to allow for a lot of really unique and interesting and dynamic scenes. That's, yeah, that's what I love about it, is that you get these people who are purposefully given, like, ridiculous powers. Like, you get someone who's got, like, the explode, explode. That actually sounds really cool. But um, Mm -hmm. he's got the ability to make any part of his body explode, except it still hurts him, kind of, (laughs) so... In, in the Dresden Files, magic is basically just the human will manipulating energy in the world. And when Harry needs to freeze a whole bunch of water, he does that. And he's really good at just moving a whole ton of energy and making things go boom. He does that by draw. He freezes the water by drawing all the energy out and firing off a massive fire spell directly overhead because he doesn't want to, you know, kill anybody by accident. Mm-hmm. Or um, when Molly uh, describes uh, her uh, her illusion magic, it's like, I can make myself the next best thing to invisible. Do not actually go invisible because that is a stone cold image. Because when light passes right through you, you are blind and you're also not getting the heat of like radiate of like uh, thermo radiation anymore. So you're, you'll freeze yourself solid. Mm-hmm. And that that's that thing of like, it's got rules, it's got limits, but they are just bendy enough to be able to do wild things. Yeah, like One Piece in particular, like Devil's Fruits, you get these people who have like really simple sounding powers and then they do ridiculous things with it. Like um, Nico Robin, she's got the Hanahana no Mi, which lets you bloom like a flower. 
So she can cause parts of her body to like bloom out of things. And from that, her, her main form of attack is she causes her arm to come out of her opponent's back and cracks their neck. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Robin probably kills a lot of people. They don't she does. But <laughs> a lot of people don't come back after they fight her. Uh, One Piece, if they don't say you're dead, you're not dead. But... <laughs> uh, you're... But like, if from, you also don't show up again, you're probably dead. But like, that's just a very like bare bones level of that power. Hibernating. That's just a very bare bones level of that power. But then like her mate, she got this one thing where she creates a giant pair of angelic wings by blooming hands off of hands off of hands to just create these giant wings that suck at being wings. <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, I, I I forget how uh, horrifying One Piece can be at times. Oh, it's entire. People are very grossed out by Robin's powers. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there, there's just cool, like, it doesn't take itself seriously, so you give it a little bit more wiggle room. Um, Nami's got a whole cool thing for a little bit where she has a staff that can create hot air and cold air, and from that she creates, like, localized weather patterns. Doesn't make a lot of sense, but it's enough that you're like, yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. It fits with the tone of the setting. Yeah. And when you get down to it, all weather is just hot air and cold air smacking each other at various intensities. Yep. And then um, later in One Piece, they have hockey, which is literally just willpower. Mm-hmm. It's pretty generic. It's, um, I can use willpower to make my fists harder. I can use willpower to make myself faster. I can use willpower to sense incoming projectiles. Or I can use my willpower to use my inherent status as being better than other people to force people to bow to my will. Purely, like, psychological, or does it have any type of... It is the it is the hockey uh, uh, the conquerors hockey which is because their hockey is just an innate power like four or five different categories right I think four. yeah because I, I think it's, I think there's observation armament conquerors so three I think it's literally armament observation and yeah, conquerors or three. three oh I'm sorry and, and well con- I'm not Canadian so I wouldn't know much about hockey <laughs> 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 but I, I and. Just you know, as as uh, as a gamer, as a WoW player, wow, I really one. like the I, I really like the concept of hockey, uh, specifically the Conqueror's hockey. Of you just have got the raw levels above these guys that they just have to sit down. <laughs> there, there is a great scene of Luffy running through a crowd of Marines and they're saying like, this is ridiculous. The Straw Hats are taking out like, and they list how many of the other crew of the, like, but we've got 2,000 men. We should be fine. No, the captain has taken out 2,000 of them. Yep. It's like, oh, what happened? And we cut to Luffy just standing in front of a bunch of people who have passed out by his very presence because they are not on his level. Yeah, because they're all level 20 trash mobs from some random dungeon and he's level 120 oh, oh. but yeah Ho- hockey's not that interesting it's, it's <laughs> it is it's um, cool hockey but... hockey is literally luffy can't punch the people who are made out of energy how how we fix mm-hmm. how we well, what if you're really like willpowering and can punch people with strong emotion that works <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, again, it's it's one of those ones where it's like, what's the narrative use of it? And I do think also um, a really important element is uh, one of the one of the things that I found pretty interesting when I was 
starting to get a little bit more critical and like paying attention to like you know where the narrative is going and like how the story is being told you know the uh analytical side of me was really awakening was around the time that naruto was coming out and i really liked what i saw of naruto but i couldn't help but bounce off of it and i think a big part of that was because naruto's uh power system is pretty crunchy i recall very distinctly when i got the manga the um it was like part of the fight with zabuza the first time he showed mm -hmm. up and like there was a there was a chapter where you know a thing happened the entire next chapter was explaining that thing and it was all really interesting but it, it slowed the pace of the story down so severely that so, i it's not even that i didn't like it i just sort of it was too trailed off of it. and you therefore thought it was a little clunky at least narratively I, yeah I, I here's the thing about Naruto's chakra. I think it's a really cool power system. I think there's a disconnect from like the chakra to then the mm -hmm. fight. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. Because like you have these jutsu that use types of chakra to create yes. effects, but some of these effects are literally just magic spells. It like gets it, more and more cool. like magic supernatural as the series goes on. So yes. So it becomes less grounded and, in, like, logic and quote-unquote reality and more about, like, yeah, I can see that. But, I mean, Zabuza was really it gets very puzzle boxy. That's the thing. Like, that was, like, the second well, mission they went on. It, yeah, it's like, it, well, I think it was actually their first proper mission because it was yeah, just training yeah. before that. And, I mean, like, the, like, here's the thing. I don't say this to, like, criticize Naruto because even as I was bouncing off of the series... I, I liked that fight and I liked the explanation. It was a good it was a good uh, bit of puzzle box fight. Um, but it wasn't what I was looking for at the time. And I think that this sort of goes to the idea that um, there are some cases where, you know, and, and it's like your taste is going to dictate the ratio of this. But there's sometimes where you want something that is either like cathartic or a uh, sort of nebulous metaphor for what the story's point is. And then you're going to gravitate towards the softer systems like, um, like uh, uh, Dragon Ball or um, uh, Gurren Lagann. And then, you know, there are, you know, crunchier systems like, uh, like Nen from Hunter x Hunter uh, is more if you want to, like, stimulate your mind and really try to work your way through a, through a challenging puzzle. Because, like, that's the, that's the appeal that those have. But if you're not in a puzzle mood, it's gonna feel slow to you. Um, it's it's not it 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 very much is the case where uh, these systems have um, uh, their strengths, and when they're well done, like a lot of the stuff that we mentioned, you know, like they can really you know unlock some really serious story potential. It's the reason why Shonen's so popular because this is this is built for that sort of thing. Um, and um, Jacob, you you mentioned like being a key part and everything built around it, and that really just brought to my mind something that I'm I'm surprised Sam didn't bring up: alchemy and Full Metal Alchemist. Yes, oh, yeah, that's oh a power system God. and a half. Yes. Oh, alchemy is so good. The concept of equivalent exchange is explained to you in one sentence, and that is all you really need to know to understand everything. It's literally all you need. Like Ed and Al can. 
or Ed can, you know, talk about formulae all he wants and father can get on his big rants about, you know, separating all the, the sins out of the souls and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's all just equivalent exchange. And it is such a, it, it's the, it's the best example of like the power of simplicity in storytelling because uh, it, it hits all of the high notes. It is, it's got uh, some crunch to it because uh, equivalent exchange allows you to just play around with, you know, actual chemistry and science. It's, it lets you do cool shit <laughs> as uh, demonstrated, even in some parts of the much maligned live action movies. And it plays all into the metaphors of the story because uh, it's ultimately a, a tale about, you know, uh, interpersonal uh, relationships and the benefit of when a relationship is a two-way street and the, the joys of like friendship and love and family. That's why the friggin' anime is called Brotherhood. I mean... I mean, one of my favorite elements of Full Metal Alchemist is um, one of the most immediate, most powerful metaphors of the story is tying into the hubris of particularly Ed, but both of the Elric brothers, where Ed's answer to um, uh, what's a soul worth, it, he says, you know, it's blood for blood when you strip away all of the all of the mysticism and superstition. But no, what is a soul worth? What is a person worth? Mm -hmm. You know, that is that is such a simple, powerful metaphor. And I, I think there's a lot to be said for Full Metal Alchemist because its simplicity allows it to be as crunchy and granular as you need for a really good puzzle box fight. While at the same time, if you just want a cool push your limits action scene, then Ed can just make a bigger wall out or of the ground. Or how do any of the Armstrongs work? <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to know. It's just a quirk. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, Full Metal Alchemist, when you come down to it, a lot of other things we've said, like metaphorically, their power system fits in. Full Metal Alchemist, the metaphor is the story, but also the actual plot is the power system too. Like, yeah, yep. it's, it's alchemy all the way down, literally from scene one. I think it's fair to say that uh, Avatar The Last Airbender probably has the best power system like in a vacuum but if you want to talk about power system being integrated into story full metal alchemist takes the takes the gold you know you say that but also avatar the last airbender I is about its power system it too it is i i think i think full metal alchemist beats it in that specific category no, but it is, avatar yes. is great too <laughs> about that yeah uh, well, we're not going to top that, so... <laughs> yeah, we're really not. So, uh, thank you, everyone, once again, for listening to the OverMangaCast. As always, you can find us on all of your social medias, where we are at OverMangaCast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're also on YouTube, where you can uh, check out uh, all of our episodes. We've uh, actually done episodes on a lot of the power systems that we mentioned here. Uh, we also have OverMangaCast.com. Yeah. You can leave a comment at the bottom of any page, or if you want, reach out to us uh, over mangacast at gmail.com or tweet us uh, at overmangacast if that's still a thing. Uh, and you know what? We've just done a discussion app. If you'd like us to have a discussion app about anything else, we normally ask for what to read, but hey, you're listening to this, so you probably like discussion apps too. Uh, go ahead, send us a topic. We might talk about it. Yeah, do our work for us. <laughs> yes, come up with ideas. And make sure to tune in next week where we will be reading something. <laughs> We don't know when these go into the schedule, so um, 
It will be something. <laughs> it will be something. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>